0: Now, uh, the discipline that I'm going to be talking about tonight, uh, I, I'm going to let Andrew finish up his series when, when he gets well and gets better, uh, but I wanted to talk about something that is really not a discipline that we do, but it is a discipline that we go through uh, that God uses to make us better people, and uh, it's, not really, it's not really a fun topic but I'm going to go at it this way. I'm going to try to do my best to teach you how we're going to get through it. And that's the topic of suffering. Suffering. Uh, if you listen to TV preachers, they'll tell you that if you're right with God, that you won't suffer. And you won't uh, go through anything, but that's just not biblical. Uh, if you've been saved any amount of time at all, you recognize and you understand that this world is full of suffering. And so we're going to, we're going to deal with that subject tonight. So if you don't mind, if you'll turn with me to Romans chapter number eight, Romans chapter number eight, and we'll begin in verse number 18. And, uh, and i tell you what, we'll do this. We'll do this. Let's read that one verse. I'll pray and you can sit down. All right. Uh, you've been saying, uh, (laughs) brother Travis. Handle your business, son. Handle your business. Uh, Then again, leave it be. Amen. All right. All right. Romans 8. Everybody ready? Here we go. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Let's all read it together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your blessings. Thank you for this word. Thank you for the the scriptures that encourage us and help us and challenge us. Uh, Lord, and many times convicts us, Lord. And I pray that you'll help us as we study tonight. Uh, I prayed this morning that you'd give me what I needed. Uh, uh, Lord, I I believe this is what we need to hear tonight. I don't know who's here and who specifically. I, I know everybody needs to hear it, but Lord, there may be somebody specific that's going through a trial. And I pray that you'll use your word to encourage them. Use your word, Lord, to strengthen them and give them the hope that they need in this time. And God, I'll praise you, I'll thank you, I'll worship you. You're so worthy of our praise, and you're worthy of our adoration and our commitment and everything that we try to offer you. And so, Lord, please have your way. You know who's here, you know what they need, and I ask you to please touch their need and speak to them. Give me the words that I need to say, don't let me say anything I'm not supposed to, and please, Lord, don't let me forget anything I need to. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 18. Uh, I reckon, I used to make a joke about that and say that proves to us that Paul was a redneck. You know, only rednecks use the word I reckon. I reckon so. I reckon I will. Uh, but really the word reckon means a to, to add it all up. It means to... Uh, take inventory, when you when you consider all of the facts, that's basically what Paul is trying to say. When, he, when you add everything up, when you look at everything that you go through here, and then you look at everything that's coming to you there, man, it ain't even close. That's what Paul is saying here in this verse. I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for... In the word creature there, I I think I put that definition in your outline. There underneath uh, A, the word creature is that which is created. Every being besides the creator or everything that's not self-existent. The sun, the moon, the stars, the earth, the animals, plants... Light, darkness, air, what everything are the creatures of God. In other words, all of creation. So when you see that word creature, it says all of creation waiteth on the manifestation of the sons of God. Earnest expectation. Uh, one commentary I read uh, said it's like, you know how when you're on your tippy toes looking for something and earnest expectation waiting on that which is coming. It says the whole creation is in anticipation On the revelation, the word manifestation here of the sons, the word manifestation is the word apocalypsis, which we get our word revelation is translated revelation in Revelation chapter one, verse one, where it says the revelation of Jesus Christ or the unveiling. In other words, it's talking about the day that everything is going to be made brand new. When there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, when we're going to have uh, the revelation of who we are. I know I might not look like much to you right now, but I'm not what I'm going to be. And you aren't either. If you're a believer in Christ, there is something waiting on us. There is a brand new body. There is, hey, God's got something waiting on us. And the Bible says the whole creation is waiting and anticipating that day. Can't wait for that day. Eagerly, eagerly, earnestly, expecting that day to get here. For the creature was made subject, or the creation, creature, was made subject to vanity. The word vanity means futility, or emptiness, vain. Not willing, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. Where do we find that? We find that in Genesis chapter 3, verse 17. We see that that man was cursed, uh, the woman was cursed, uh, the serpent was cursed, but the earth was cursed. We're living, you say, why is there so much pain? Because we're living in a cursed world. We're living in a cursed world. This world is not what God originally planned for it to be. Not only is it cursed, we see it's subject to vanity by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. Now listen, God cursed sin. He cursed this earth, but he also gave it hope. That's what that's saying. This is God. God brought a curse upon a sin-filled world, but then he also brought a hope to it too. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from bondage of corruption. So we got the word vanity, bondage, corruption. Word corruption means decay. It means decay. Now, Now, you know, evolutionists will try to convince you that the world is getting better and better. And that things go from a worse state to a better state. But uh, listen, we know the scripture's true because all you got to do is look at reality. Things don't go from a worse state to a better state. It goes from a better state to a worse state. You go, look at it, look at it. You, you, you try to plant a garden. Don't mess with it and see what happens. It becomes overgrown with thorns and thistles and briars and, and, and weeds. And everything goes from good to bad. We're in a state of decay. Scientists say the moment a child is born, they begin to die. Cells begin to die. Cells begin to, l- listen, we go from a better to a worse state because of this curse. Listen, it says they are <clears throat> verse 20, 21. And by the way, I'm just going to do kind of a running commentary through this and then we'll get to the outline. I'll do the outline fast. All right. Uh Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. In other words, what is waiting on the children of God is waiting on creation too. Just like we are going to be made brand new, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. No wonder the creation can't wait for it to get here. For we know that the whole creation groaneth. And travaileth in pain together until now. Now, you say, well, what do you mean? This whole earth is in chaos. There, There is, there is. you know, man thinks they're smart enough or big enough to really cause all the, what, what's happening. It's not man's hairspray that's causing global warming. And it won't be that. God said it's going to burn up, but it won't be from what we do. Now... Uh, you notice everything in this world is kill or be killed. I, I, I was out with my brother fishing. We was out in the ocean. And there's been times, there's been times I would have a fish, you ain't going to believe, I, this ain't no fish store, Brother Mick, I'm telling you right now. Uh, a a, a kingfish that long, get it right to the boat and a shark come up and eat the whole thing. And I asked Joe, I said, I said, what, what eats that? He said, Malcolm, Everything eats everything. Whatever's bigger eats whatever's smaller. It's you gotta go or be killed. It's the same way in nature. That is not the way God ordained it. That is not the original creation. That's not what God had in plan. Now, but it's groaning. It's groaning as, as a mother in childbirth, that travail, the pain, this, this creation is going through. Verse 23 says this, and not only they, not only all of creation, all of the universe, everything that God created, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, talking about saved people. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. And I'm gonna come back to that in the outline. I don't want to I don't want to get jump ahead of myself there. But we, we're groaning too, for a little different reason. We are saved by what? Hope. Now, when he says saved here, he's not talking about salvation from sin and hell. Okay. He's not talking about that because you can hope all you want to, and that's not going to save you. For by grace, you're saved through Faith. faith. All right. That's salvation. The saved here means saved from the groaning, saved from the suffering say listen uh, when we go through suffering and difficulty what saves us from going down into the depths of despair is that we've got hope that things are going to be better yeah. what keeps us from losing our mind in this old world that we're living in the way our country is going to hell 100 miles an hour because this world is not my home i am just yeah. passing through and I'm here to tell you, as bad as it's getting, and it's gonna get worse and worse and worse. If you're dependent on the government to save you, if you're dependent on the White House to deliver you, if you're dependent on anything else to get you to have a safe mind and a right mind, you're playing games. So why are you okay? Because I have hope. Why why are you not frustrated? Because I have hope. There are Better days ahead. The best is yet to come. That's what he's saying right here. We're going to be safe. I know it's going to be bad. I know creation is groaning. I know even us as Christians are groaning and it's difficult and we're going to suffer, but we will be saved by hope. Now watch what he says. This is really good. <clears throat> we may not get to the outline, but I'm enjoying it. So just bear with me. We are saved by hope. Now watch. But hope that is seen is not hope. Now see, there's the problem. Uh, Willie G, can you grab me one of them tissues right there if you don't care? Uh, Listen, if your hope is in what you can see, that's not hope. That's not the hope that Paul is talking about. In other words, if your hope is in your 401k, if your, thank you, sir, if your hope is in your stuff, if your hope is in your people, if your hope is in your relationships, if your hope is in what you can see, it's not hope—not the hope Paul's talking about. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then uh, Whoa, watch, watch out now. Then do we with? Oh God, help us. We with patience wait for it. With patience we wait for what's coming. But, he says, so here we have hope on our side. Likewise, hope's helping us out. Can you say amen right there? Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know what not what we ought. I get ahead of myself. Slow down, brain, slow down. Slow down mouth and catch up with the brain. Amen. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered. He that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now let's all read verse 28 together. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Now, he says, and we... Okay. And we... Do we? (laughs) I like that answer. Or to. And we... We are to, But I'm afraid sometimes we forget that. We forget that all things work together. And we'll come back to that. For whom he did foreknow, talking about God, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate them also he called. And whom he called, them he justified. And whom he justified, them he glorified. What shall we then say to these things? I love this. Read it with me. Yes. If, if God be for us, can be against? Say it again. If God be for us, who can be against? All right, fair you, real loud. I want to hear you way over here. All right, you ready? Here we go. If, if God be for us, who can be against? Let's see what God did for us. He, the one for us, the one for us, spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything at the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea rather that it is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God who also maketh intercession for us? So, so far... We've got the Holy Spirit working for us, God, the father working for us and God, the son working for us who shall separate us from the love of Christ shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword Mm -hmm. as it is written for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. In other words, he's not discounting. We're going through difficulty. We're going through suffering. We are are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay. Nay. And all these things, we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Can we all just give God praise and glory right there? (laughs) For the reading of his word. Paul's talking about suffering and he tells us that and really this whole part of the chapter we read is about don't get discouraged and don't fall out in the suffering. And if there's anybody on the planet that knew something about suffering besides the Lord, we obviously know the Lord is very aware and he knows something about suffering. But the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 11, this is talking about what happened to Paul. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Now, now forty was the the limit that God gave that you could put stripes on a man. And they would give only thirty-nine in case they went over accidentally so they didn't break the law. That's why it says thirty-nine. Forty, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods. This is talking about from Romans. All right. The Jews put stripes on him. But here he's talking about the Roman uh, principalities or authorities uh, beat him with rods. And these rods would be uh, curved sticks that were strapped together to make a, a, a kind of like a bamboo pole. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. That was at Lystra. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. And this is not even counting the shipwreck we find him in in the book of Acts because this was before that happened. Three different times Paul was in shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In other words, after one of the shipwrecks, there was a whole whole night and a whole day. He floated on the wreckage out at sea before somebody rescued him. This is what Paul has gone through. In journeyings, often, in perils of waters, that's talking about the rivers that he had to either cross or go down. Perils of robbers perils of my own countrymen, perils by the heathen, perils in the city, perils in the wilderness, perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness and watchings often, in hunger and thirst and fastings often, in cold and nakedness. He says, besides all those things that are without, that which cometh into me daily, the care of all the churches. Let me tell you something. If you've never been there, you have no idea that pressure, the care and the burden of the church and the multitude of churches that he had planted and was caring for who is weak and I am not weak. Who is offended and I burn not. If I must needs glory, I will glory of the things which concern mine, my infirmity. Wow. So Paul knew something about suffering. He said in Philippians 1, y'all don't have this yet. We'll get to that outline sooner or later. We will, I promise. <laughs> Philippians 1.29 says, For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, in the behalf of Christ. Now keep that in mind. Remember, remember when MTV preaching lying scoundrels tell you that, that if you you got enough faith that you're going to be blessed, prosperous, and, and, and everything's going to be fine in your life and great and blah, blah, blah. Glory. Watch what it says. For unto you, it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. Hmm. That's what it says. Philippians 129. First Peter 416. It says, yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. Now, why why in the world would God allow us to go through suffering? We'll talk a little bit about it in a minute in the outline, but let me me give you some help. Paul said in verse 27 of 2 Corinthians 11, when I read a while ago, he said, I suffered hunger. I suffered thirst. I suffered cold and nakedness. I suffered weariness, painfulness, fastings often. All the things he went through. But then watch what he says. In Philippians chapter 4... This is really cool. He had the ability to say this in Philippians chapter four, verse 11. He says, not that I speak in respect of want." He was thanking them for the offering they gave him. He was thanking them for the support they gave him. And this is what he said. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned. Say that with me. For I have learned. learned. I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content, to be okay. I know, I know both how to be abased, that means have nothing, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be what? Full Full and to be? Hungry. Both to abound and to? I can do all things through Christ, which now watch this. He said, I have learned. And he said, I am instructed. Where do you reckon he learned that? It was through his sufferings. It was through the times of weariness. It was through the times that he didn't have enough. It was through the times of hunger. It was through the times of shipwreck. It was through the times of beatings. It was through the times of difficulty that Paul went through that God taught him contentment. And God, the most important thing that God taught him was that he can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Now I know all the athletes and I don't have nothing against that. I'm not, I'm not trying to pick on no athletes or something, but you know, I mean, my, my, my main, uh, my favorite athlete, uh, Tim Tebow, he had it on his, on his eye things. And uh, you know, uh, I can do all things through Christ, but, but, he, but Paul, he was not talking about touchdowns. He was not talking about any kind of sports event. What Paul was saying, I can deal with hunger with Christ who strengthens me. I can deal with difficulty by Christ who strengthens me. I can deal with not having enough by Christ who strengthens me. I, listen, what God gives me and helps me with will help me get through any suffering that I have. And it doesn't matter what life brings my way. It doesn't matter where I find myself, whether I'm in abounding or I'm a base, whether I have plenty or have nothing, I can do it through Christ which strengtheneth me. And it was the suffering that gave him the ability to do that. Yeah, it was the suffering that was his school. It was the suffering that was his teacher. It was the suffering and the, and the problems and the pain and the difficulty he went through that helped him become more like Christ. Yeah. Amen. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Yeah. amen. One of the, I was talking to uh, Dr. Craig Edwards. And uh, he he said they were at a uh, some kind of dinner, uh, a pastors' fellowship dinner uh, with Dr. Uh, Lee Robertson. Dr. Lee Robertson, you young people are gonna know who that is, but some of you older people will. He had the largest Sunday school in America at one time in uh, in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I uh, uh, can't remember the name of the church. It was it Temple Temple Baptist? What a great name! <laughs> Temple Baptist Church and, and, uh, uh, they had, what was the name of the school? Tennessee Temple University. Highland Park. I think Highland Park Baptist Church was one of the, but anyway, he had the largest, the dude was awesome. Okay. He built a, a ministry that was incredible, trained thousands of soul winners, just unbelievable man of God. Unbelievable man of God. And they, they had to sit down with him and, and, and young pastors were able to you know, question and answer and dialogue and, and they asked him, what's made you the man of God that you are? And you know, in humble fashion, just like he would normally, he said, well, he said, whatever I am or whatever you think me to be, he said, all of the trials I've been through Has made me the man I am today. You know what he's saying? It It wasn't the seminary, it wasn't the accolades that he got from the community, it was the suffering. The suffering made him the man of God that he was today. Now, if we stop right there, we could all say, well, that's awful spiritual. But that don't help me deal with it. Well, Paul wanted to help you deal with it. Right. Now, how many of y'all would would agree with me right now that suffering is not only a part of life, but it can be a helpful part of life. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Yes. Listen, I don't like this subject no more than you. Y'all get with me now. Right. Yeah. I don't like to suffer. I'm I'm a big I'm I'm tender, man. I like it. Everything's smooth and easy, man. I, I like it. But the reality is that suffering is a reality in life. Now, well, how, do, how do we deal with that? How do we deal with that? That's what Paul is addressing in these few verses that we're going to read right now. So let's go fast through this. Let me see our time. People shaft me with all this. All right, we can do it. We can do it. Let's, let's get with it. How many of y'all can write fast? All right, if y'all write fast. I will, I will speak fast, okay? A man named, a man named Victor Frankl, he was a Jewish psychologist and he discovered a great truth in the midst of the Jewish concentration camp during World War II. And he was seeking his own self, trying to survive the horror of the imprisonment. And so he began to observe the fellow prisoners in the hope of discovering what coping mechanism would help him endure this horrendous existence. What Frankel discovered was this, that those individuals who could not accept what was happening to them, who could not make their present suffering fit with their fate, who could not find its meaning in their worldview, they despaired, lost hope, and eventually gave up and died. But those individuals that could find a meaning from their fate were then able to find hope for a future. remember what he said? We are saved by hope. All right. He said they were able to find hope for a future beyond their present suffering. And so could accept what they were enduring as a part of their existence and they survived. In other words, in the midst of their suffering, those who had a hope that things would be better. That down the line, things would change and things would be better. They survived. And guess what? Things were better. And things got better. Ladies and gentlemen, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to tell you right now. Whatever you're going through, things will get better. There's a better day ahead. Now, obviously, obviously... It may not be on this side of glory. But I'm gonna tell you this. If we calculate it all up, I reckon yeah. Yeah. that the sufferings of this present time cannot be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in that day. And all God's people say it. Alright, all right. Let's get through this. Let's get through this. Y'all 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 quit amening because y'all know how that is with me. I... All right. Number one. Number one, the suffering we face. First of all, I want you to see the recipients of suffering. We talked about it earlier. The two recipients we saw was the creation and the Christian, right? The creation and the Christian. Romans 8.22. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. How many of y'all would agree the Christian, or the, excuse me, the creation is suffering? Yes. Amen. It's groaning. Then we have the Christian. Now uh the reason for suffering the reason for suffering you find that in Gen- i don't think i put this in your notes but right beside that genesis 317 did i put that beside we write that beside reason for creation under number 1 point roman numeral 1b number 1 reason for Christ- creation suffering genesis 317 now, keep in mind, when God finished His creation, it was a good creation. Yes. Everything He said, and it was, and it was good. good. It was good. But now it's a groaning creation. It's a groaning because of sin. There is suffering, there's death, there's pain, all of which is, of course, the result of Adam's sin. Preacher, why is there cancer? Adam's sin. Why is there heart disease? Adam's sin. Why is there diabetes? Adam sin. Why is there difficulty? Why is there bipolar issues? Why is there all of these things that we struggle with? Sin. Sin. Now, I'm not saying that, uh, okay, you got heart disease because you're a bad sinner. I'm talking about the sin of Adam. Put a curse on humanity where we have to deal with all this garbage. Does that make sense? Amen? Amen. All right. Listen, it is not. The fault of creation. Note the words that Paul used to describe the plight of creation. Suffering in verse 18. Vanity, verse 20. Bondage, 21. Decay, 21. Pain, 22. And it doesn't take, you can just look at this world and see. But then we see it's a little different for the Christian. It's a little different for the Christian. Look what it says in, 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 uh, Uh, verse 23, find your place in verse 23, not only they talking about the, all the rest of creation, but ourselves, the saved ourselves also, which have the, of the, now watch this. Let me explain it this way. Say, why are we groaning? Because by the presence of the spirit, we have gotten a little taste of heaven. The first fruits. Now, what is? Here's let me illustrate it this way. How many of y'all remember a, a fella by the name of Joshua and his buddy Caleb? Yeah. Anybody remember them two fellas? If you don't remember Joshua and Caleb, they were two of the spies uh, that went in with the other ten spies, and they came back with a log carrying one one cluster of grapes. On this log, it was so massive and so big. And they came back and they had grape juice dripping off their elbows, sucking on them big old grapes, saying, let's get it. Let's go get what God, it's everything God said it was. And the other 10, Uh they said, no, we can't do it. We're grasshoppers in their sight. We just can't do it. And so because of their lack of faith and belief, They had to go back out in the wilderness for 40 years. Now, let me tell you what happened. Caleb and Joshua, who had tasted the first fruits of Canaan, was groaning for 40 years because they had done got a little taste of the promised land. And they could not, whoo boy, I feel a little God right there, amen. They could not wait to be able to go back and have all the rest of that little bitty taste that they had that God gave them. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. We groan, we groan because by the power of the Spirit, in the presence of the Spirit, God the Father has given us a little taste of what's to come. We have a little taste of the power that's there. We have a little taste of the presence and the glory of God. And sometimes, the, listen, the Holy Spirit will manifest Himself and we can feel His presence in the worship. We can feel His presence in what's going on. And I'm telling you, that's just a little taste of heaven and I can't wait to get all the rest. Yeah. Man, there's times I sit in my office and I think about uh, the second coming. I think about Jesus stepping in. I, 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 listen, be, going to Israel don't help nothing because I haven't seen it and I done been there. And I see where he's coming and I see what he's going to do. And I'm saying, just like Revelation, even so come quickly, Lord Jesus. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to see it. I'm ready to be a part of it. And man, sometimes I just sit and groan and I can't wait for Jesus to come. Man, I'm ready to see it. I'm ready to be in his presence. I'm ready to escape the, listen, we're saved from the power of sin, but one day we're going to be saved from the presence of sin, man, we grown we're ready to see it. We're ready to see it. Church say, amen. then, then quickly, 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 we see relief, relief from the suffering, relief from the suffering. Verse twenty four. We are saved by hope. The hope that is seen is not hope, not the hope Paul's talking about. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? You know, it's a sad thing that some people the only hope they have is in what they can see. Man, what a sad existence! The relief that we receive in order for us to make it through the suffering in this life is going to come through hope that we have. In other words, we wait and hope. Say it with me. We wait and hope. We are saved by that hope. What hope? That blessed hope in the glorious appearing of the great God and Savior Jesus Christ. Yeah. Titus 2:13. What are you saying? I'm saying the best is yet to come. The believer does not get frustrated as he sees and experiences suffering and pain in this world. Because he knows that the temporary suffering will one day give way to eternal glory. The believer does not focus on today's sufferings. He looks forward to tomorrow's glory. We have to do that. And by the way, just like I said about uh, witnessing and sharing your faith. If you don't do it on purpose, you won't do it. I've been, I have been in, in DMD, uh, one of my, well, it was this week's I Will, uh, we're in chapter number seven, and, and chapter number seven is how to have a relationship with God, how to keep and maintain a good relationship with God through devotional time. One part of the devotion was worship. And I have been, you know, doing the soaps, the soaps, uh scripture, observation, application, prayer, uh, what we shared with you a couple of weeks ago, and been doing that and, and been doing the prayer and praying, man, I've really been enjoying that. But I'd never really uh spent any time worshiping in my devotional time. It's been mainly reading, getting what I need from that and applying it, and then praying and asking God to help me with that, but it really encouraged in that chapter uh, uh, to incorporate worship in your daily devotion, and so that 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 this particular week, I said, "My, I will." I felt the Holy Spirit impressing on me to to incorporate more worship, and so uh, this past week, uh, early in the morning, I I'd get up, do my soaps, and then I just play some some worship music, and 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 uh, and I've been playing. A lot of Vestal Goodman. Can't help it. I like Vestal. Singing the holy hills of heaven calling. she been singing. She's been singing Dottie Rambo's tears will never stain. The streets of that city. Y'all with me? This is what heaven means to me. All these heaven songs. And man, I just sat back and then I finished it up with a little thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. And I'm telling you, it took me to another place. I stopped looking because my, my normal, my normal, I hate to admit this, I'm going to confess this because y'all know I, I always tell them myself, but my normal routine would be to look at the news and get mad. I mean, you, you, I guarantee you I guarantee you, you go right now and click on Fox News right now and whatever comes up on that front page, you're going to be mad. And I know it because I saw it right before I come out here. It'll blow your mind. Well, you need to go look at it. No, you don't. No, you don't. You need to go to YouTube and turn on Vesta Goodman on, on the tears of never stain the streets of that city. You need to get your focus on what's to come. Yes. Now I'm talking. I'm talking. Now you, you, you guys in here. Everything's going good. And, and, and you know everything's going great in your life. And everything's like it's supposed to be. And all the bills are paid. And the young is liking, the dog's licking you. Not biting you. And everything's fine in your life. This ain't going to mean much to you. But you that's going through it. Get your focus off what you can see. And start thinking about what you can't see. And I'm telling you it'll make a difference. It'll make a difference. And all God's people see it. Amen. Now we see. Number two. We saw the. The suffering. The suffering. But don't you look at the support. Paul said you're going to go through it. But you're going you're, you're to have hope. But I want you to understand. That you're not going to go through it. Without some help. Hey. Right. Let me say that again. I just like, like hearing what I just said. That's good preaching, Malcolm. <clears throat> you're going to suffer, but you're not going to go through it without some help. God may have some difficulty ordained for your life, but you ain't going to face it alone. How do you know? Verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit, capital S, that is the Holy Spirit, Likewise the Spirit also, what's that word? Helpeth our infirmities. Infirmities mean weaknesses, They're our struggles, our suffering, the things we're dealing with. He helps us. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. How many of y'all have just been in a place in your life you just didn't know what to say? You was in so much pain? You was in so much turmoil. You was in so much frustration. You sat down and you tried to pray. And you said, dear God. And you just start crying. Yep. There have been times that David said, he said, I, I just cried until I had no more tears. No more tears. Well, let me tell you something. When you stop, he starts in matter of fact, even when you're praying and you're not praying the right thing, He goes ahead and fixes it for you. Because sometimes we don't know what we need to pray for. Because there's been times I'm praying, God, get me out this thing when I need to stay in this thing to learn whatever this thing's teaching me. And I'm saying, God, get me out. And the Holy Spirit said, No, keep him in. Keep him in. He ain't learned it yet. He ain't got it yet. Just keep him in. I'll help him. Just keep him in. I'll walk him through it. Just keep him in. Amen. Sometimes we don't, we don't pray like we should, but he always does. The spirit itself maketh intercession for us (laughs) with groanings, which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the spirit. Because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. I don't always know the will of God, but the Spirit does. That means he asks for the right thing every time. Every time. So what is the support we find? First of all, we have divine intercession. Intercession. Intercession is prayer, petition, entreaty in favor of another. He's praying for me to the father on my behalf. Two things. I don't know if these are blanks, but if they are, we have the spirit's intercession in verse 26 and 27. Then we have the savior's intercession, Jesus in verse 34. And I'll talk about that in a minute. I'm going to get that. Yeah, I'm going to get that in a minute. All right. Let's just talk about the the spirit's intercession today. Watch this. Watch this. Today, the Holy Spirit feels the burdens of our weaknesses and suffering. The Spirit prays for us so that we might be led into the will of God. We do not always know God's will. We do not always know how to pray, but the Spirit intercedes so that we might live in the will of God in spite of suffering. The Spirit, here it is, the Spirit shares the burden. don't y'all write that down? The spirit shares the burden. So here's the support we find when I'm in the midst of my suffering and I don't know what to do. He does. And the Holy Spirit is sharing this burden with me. He is interceding on my behalf. Listen, when you're in that valley, when you're in that trial, when you're in that difficulty, when you're in that painful situation, know the whole time you're in that, the Spirit is constantly praying to the Father on your behalf. Now watch this. Not only do we see divine intercession, but we have divine involvement. We have divine involvement. Now we're going to talk about the father yeah. and we know verse 28 and we know that all things work together for good to them that love. God. Now, anytime you see God sing like right here, that's talking about God, the father. Yeah. Does everybody understand that? So we have, Paul is saying here in your suffering, you're going to have the support of the Holy spirit, God, the spirit. Now he's saying that God, the father is going to be involved in your situation. Now, what does this, what does this mean? Look at this. For we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Now, the believer never needs to faint in times of suffering and trial because he knows that God is at work in the world. And that he has a perfect plan. Y'all see that? Verse 29. It says, according to his purpose. The word purpose means plan. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. In other words, Jesus is the firstborn among many brothers. Many people just like Jesus. Y'all catch that? He wants everybody to be just like his son. All right. God has two purposes in that plan. Our good and his glory. Say that with me. Our good and his glory. Everybody say it. Our good and his glory. Ultimately, he he will make us like Jesus Christ. And best of all, God's plan is going to succeed. Now watch this. here's, Here's what this means. Okay. All right. This is a little crude. Y'all know I can't help it. I got food illustrations. That's all I think about. All right. There are, there are ingredients. I, I sat and watched my, I sat and watched my, my grandmother make biscuits. Okay. She could make a cathead biscuit. I promise you that. Now, now she didn't do that. wop wop biscuits that y'all do. She so get this can and whop it on the counter and it pops over. No. She took some lard. Right. Oh, on, you youngins don't know what that is. That's some white stuff. <laughs> Comes in cans, called Crisco. Yeah. Anybody? I got a witness anywhere? Yeah. And then some flour. Yeah. Y'all with me? Yeah. Come on now, you biscuit makers. What else we can put in here? Right. A little milk, yeah, buttermilk. buttermilk. Yeah, buttermilk, buttermilk, buttermilk biscuits. Here we go. Now, you know, okay. All right, anything else? Now, now, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hang on, I said flour, lard, buttermilk. My dad's shriveling up his nose at buttermilk. All right, now, daddy, you, you gonna swallow any buttermilk? No, sir, I don't But will you eat a buttermilk biscuit? If I don't know it. Oh. He is lying in the house of God right now. Now watch, now watch. If you took a spoon, Pox, if you took a spoon and dipped it in the lard, would you eat that Ew. by itself? Ew. Now here's, here's what I'm trying to get at. She had a bowl yeah. Yeah. and she had put that lard, mm-hmm. that flour, you ain't gonna take a spoonful of flour either. That's right. I sure ain't gonna drink no buttermilk. But you can mix it in there. Yeah. And you can work it in. Yeah. For we know that all things work. 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 In other words, all the things that you're going through, all the things that you're suffering, All of those things, it would taste bitter if you took it by itself. He is in there. He's working it. And you got to know when he's done, it's going to be fit and eat. Because he's working all things. Say it with me. He's working all things for good. For them that love the Lord. Now, all you non-Christians here, you can't claim this verse. This is only for children of God. God's going to work all them things out. For your good. Now, what what is the good? What is the good that's going to come out of this? What is the good that's going to come out of this? It's in verse 29. For whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate predestinated, be conformed to the image of his son. You know what the good's going to be? You're going to be like his son. We like to quote that verse. All things work together for good. Them love the Lord. Them called according to his purpose. He's going to work everything out for my good. And their good translates, my bills are going to be paid. My kids are going to be well. I'm going to have a good retirement. No, 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 no. You totally missed it. God's working everything out in your life, all the trials, all the good times, all the bad times, all the sad times, all the happy times, all the bad experiences, all the good experiences. He's, he's allowing this. He's throwing a little bit of this in there and throwing a little bit of that in there and he's working it all in. And when you pop out of the oven, yeah. you're going to look and act and talk and treat other people like his son. Woo-hoo. You know what Paul said? I have learned. <laughs> Y'all remember them verses we read earlier? I am instructed. I have learned. Be hungry. To be full. I've learned to be content in whatever state I am. You know how did I learn that? I can do all things through. Which strengtheneth me. Richard, what are you saying? I'm saying this. No, in your suffering, in the midst of your suffering, the Holy Spirit's praying for you. And God, here here we go. Here we go. Look at me now. I'm not running no rabbit. God is actively working on you. He is using that trial to cut away things out of your life or add things to your life. How many of y'all know suffering will add humility to you? How many of y'all know that suffering will add patience to you? Yes. Just, just like adding stuff, it'll cut some stuff away. Yeah. Like pride. Yeah. And yeah. arrogance. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Hey, he's working. He's working. Say, preacher, I'm going through it. He's working. He's working for your good and his glory. Number three. Hurry, 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 hurry. Four minutes. We see the ministry of the sovereign. The security we feel. The security we feel. The support we find. What security do we have in this difficulty? Verse 31. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us. Who can be against us? I mean, really, what else needs to be said? A, write this down. We see the ministry of the sovereign. What security do we feel? The ministry of the sovereign. Two things under now. I want you to write this. First of all, you have God's favor. God is for you. I, I don't know about y'all, but somebody, some y'all miss a real good opportunity to shout right there. That the God of all glory who made everything there is that you see, he is for you. He's for you. The father is for us and he proved it by giving his son. He said, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? God is making all things work out for us. Verse 28. In his person and in his providence, God is for us. Sometimes we feel like all things are against me when actually everything is working for me. Now, we, now the devil's going to tell you the whole world's against you. Say, so well, my family won't even... Don't worry, you, you got family that you don't even realize. Well, Reggie, you don't know my circumstances... I know if you're saved, the Holy Spirit's actively praying for you. And God the Father is using those things to bring himself glory and you're good. Now, the conclusion is obvious. He says it in verse 31. If God be for us, say it with me. The believer needs to enter into new each new day realizing that God is for him. Just tell yourself right now, God's for me. God's for me. Come on, say it again. God's for me. You need to get up in the morning and go to the bathroom and look in that mirror and say, sir, God is, unless you're a man. <laughs> God is for you. God's for you. Amen. Listen, tackle the day. God's for you. Don't let Satan hinder you. God's for you. Don't let people discourage you. God is for you. And I would even say this. It don't matter who's against you. Because God's for you. Amen. Amen. Is that biblical? We just read it. We just read it. We need to realize each new day that God's for us. There's no need to fear. Our loving father desires only the best for his children. Even though we got to go through trials. Jeremiah 29, 11, we like this quote. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. In other words, I've got a purpose, a plan for your life. Yeah. What is the ministry of the sovereign? First of all, we see God's favor. Number two, we see God's forgiveness. Verse 32 through 33. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall we not with him also freely give us all things. Watch this: Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, even who is at the right hand of God, who is also making intercession for us. Preacher, what are you saying? Sometimes our suffering is from our past failure, and you may have to you may have to get up and look in the mirror and say, "Sir, you've been forgiven." Now get up. Quit pouting. God's for you. He's not only for you. He's forgiven you. And he has provided what was necessary so you could be forgiven. Right? Watch this. (laughs) We stand righteous in Jesus. God will certainly not accuse us since it is he who has justified us. Understanding the meaning of justification brings peace to our hearts. When God declares the believing sinner righteous in Christ, that declaration never changes. Our Christian experience may change. Now you may get saved and God justifies you. Your standing with him never changes. Now you may drift and he may have to whip your breeches, And he will. Your experience may change, but your standing will never change. Justification never changes. We may accuse ourselves and men may accuse us, but God will never take us to court and accuse us because Jesus has already paid the penalty and we are secure in him. Now I might have to give you one more. We're in the red, but I got to give you this one. We not only have the ministry of the sovereign talking about God, the father, but we have the ministry of the son. We have the ministry of the son. You see, he's living for us. Write that down. What is his ministry? He's living for us. In other words, he didn't just die for us. He is alive for us. A dual intercession keeps the believer secure in Christ. The spirit intercedes and the son of God intercedes. The same savior who died for us is now interceding for us in heaven as our high priest. He can give us the grace we need to overcome temptation and defeat the enemy. And as our advocate in 1 John chapter 1, he can forgive our sins and restore our fellowship with God. Intercession means that Jesus Christ represents us before the throne of God and we do not have to represent ourselves. Man, that's good. Paul hinted at this ministry of intercession in Romans 5, 9 through 10. We are not only saved by his death, but we are also saved by his life. Wherefore, he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing that he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Watch this now. This is going to bless your blesser. Peter sinned against the Lord. Peter sinned against the Lord, but he was forgiven and restored to fellowship because of Jesus. You know what What Jesus said? Simon, Simon. Behold, Satan has desired to have thee that may sift you as wheat, but I have. Pray. I have prayed for thee. I that pray. thy faith fail not. And When thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you. You got the Holy Spirit interceding for you. But you got the Son of God interceding for you. Not only do we have his, he's living for us, but number two, he's, he loves us. His ministry, his, his, the ministry of the son, the ministry of the son is his living for us. He's alive, interceding on our behalf. Then I want you to see his love for us. Now watch this now. This is, we're going to wrap it up right here. In Romans 8, 31 through 34, y'all listening, y'all listening, y'all ain't looking at me. Alright? Listen, in Romans 831 through 34, Paul proved that God cannot fail us. But watch. But is it possible that we can fail him? Yes. Suppose some great trial or temptation comes and we fail. Then what? Well, Paul deals with this problem in this final section and explains <laughs> nothing say it with me, can separate us from the love of Jesus Christ. To begin with, God does not shelter us from the difficulties of life because we need them for our spiritual growth. Romans 8, 28, God assures us that the difficulties of life are working for us, not against us. God permits trials to come that we might use them for our good and his glory. We endure trials for his sake. And since we do, do you think he will desert us? course not. Instead, he is closer to us when we go through our difficulties. Furthermore, he gives us the power to conquer. You know, Romans said we're more than conquerors. That basically means super conquer. Yeah. Say it with me. Super more than conquerors. He gives us victory and more victory. We do not fear death and not fear life either things present or things to come because Jesus Christ loves us and gives us the victory. This is not, now watch this, this is you, some of y'all need to get this. Right. This is not a promise with conditions attached. Right, some of y'all were brought up and taught that you, you, you're saved until. Yeah. Right. You're only saved with certain conditions, but if you, right, yeah. there's no conditions attached. Right. None. This is not a promise with conditions attached. If you do this, God will do that. That's what some people think. This security in Christ is an established fact and we claim it for ourselves because we are in Christ. Nothing can separate you from his love. Nothing, nothing. Say it with me. Verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long, we are counted as sheep for the law. In other words, we suffer, we go through difficulty, but in all things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Yeah. For I am persuaded and see that's where you got to get yeah. you got to get persuaded. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's give him praise and glory.